Hello, I'm Amanda Cage, CEO of the National Fund for Workforce Solutions. Welcome to the state of our workforce. Where are we now? Each month, we have a conversation that goes beyond the Department of Labor jobs and employment numbers to explore issues at the forefront of workforce development. Today's guest is Brian Lindsay, Director of Systems Change at the National Fund for Workforce Solutions. Hi, Brian. Good morning. In terms of context, it continues to be an uneven recovery. Unemployment for Black workers actually rose, and the unemployment rate for Latinx workers remains average, remains above average. We keep hearing the same things, but how do we go beyond these numbers? We know that childcare and remote learning have held us back. It shows up in numbers like the labor participation rates for women. We know that there are interlocking systems and webs of connections, and it all seems so overwhelming. Uh, but this month, Brian, you and I both had a similar challenge related to this, which was the bus driver shortage. Uh, so can you talk a little bit about what that, um, how that manifested for you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were we were prepping for this this call and thinking about all of the big unemployment numbers, and we get stuck thinking about all the job seeker numbers and the job posting numbers and all this. And then the, this issue, as you said, came up around the school bus driver shortage. I have a couple young kids trying to get to school, and we got notices from the school district that they don't have enough bus drivers um, to bring them to school. So one of my kids is starting school about thirty minutes later than usual. Um, and then um, we're walking our other kids to school about, you know, about three quarters of a mile. And there are so many cars just trying to get to school because everyone's driving their cars individually. And it's it's kind of a safety nightmare as well. Um, but I think what, what hit home to me was how all of a sudden, you know, this seemingly small issue of school bus driver shortage um, was affecting me, but was like really made me like I couldn't start work on time because I had to walk my kids to school and get back. It was like, this is, this is a small issue, but integrately um connected to the employment numbers and you, you don't read that obviously in the jobs report but it is it is right there and, and i know you you kind of experienced something similar with with your kids yeah exactly um you know we i got a notice the night before school started you know this is uh, the first foray into in-person school learning and so we're all sort of nervous and already and then literally the night before school started get a, um, a message saying that there's no bus service and so same thing you know families totally scrambling talking to neighbors talking to family members trying to figure out how you're going to get kids to and fro um and we are privileged right in the sense that we both have we both work from home uh we have flexibility in our schedules and when i think of all the workers um, that it affects and who and the people who don't have flexibility and don't have support systems and don't have ways to get their kids to school. Um, the, the sort of multiplier effect of that just became so clear to me. Um, and I think it's interesting how we think about these labor issues. You know, we, we tend to talk about big systems, right? We'll talk about housing or education or transportation. But this is a really good example of not the big picture, but a piece of that big picture. How do we start talk? Like, how do we start working on those um, those issues that seem so large and insurmountable, but have really specific ways that they interrupt our lives? Yeah, thanks. That's a that's a really good question. I, and I think we do have that tendency to just you know we're thinking of systems change, we're thinking big picture. So we say transportation, childcare, housing, and it's sort of like we need these are related to employment, and we need to solve them. Um, and I think one thing that this really brings home that this these examples we just mentioned is just by getting really specific and starting to sort of map out like what are these causal connections for the school bus driver shortage. 
really empowers you as a local stakeholder or a local collaborative to start taking action on it. So, you know, one, one way to do this is really to start reading the news in a way that is, is sort of like, well, what if you were reading these school bus driver shortage stories or when, you know, I was doing this when I was walking my kids to school, you know, in my head, like, what would I do to solve this problem? Like, if, is this a solvable problem? And, and is, if we solved this problem, would it have, you know, what I call it sort of a leverage point, right? Like this is a, a very relatively small sector of the economy, transportation, and this is a small occupation within it. And if you could solve this one occupation and not have a shortage and have enough bus drivers, like, I think you could get some disproportionate benefits relative to how much you had to do in terms of, of the economy. So, um, you know, I, I, again, like I was looking at the numbers this morning and thinking about, you know, walking my kids to school. And I was thinking like, oh, you know, in the numbers, in the jobs report, they were talking about, you know, transportation and warehousing employment has actually gone back above its pre-pandemic levels, mm -hmm. um, which means, you know, that makes me think, I, I don't know if this is entirely true, but, you know, I see Amazon, I order Amazon packages all the time. We get Amazon deliveries. They're all over the place, a lot of delivery all the time. And like, and you know, ordering food, where you're getting that delivered. There's a lot of places to work as a driver. There's tons of demand. Um, that's pulling from this school bus driver, um, you know, workforce. And so that's just one, you know, piece. And I was thinking of just, you know, the wages aren't great in school bus driving. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of safety issues. You, I was reading, you know, there's sort of most like secondary issues around people resigning because one, either they didn't want to get the vaccine or they're very worried about contracting COVID from, from students who obviously, as we know, cannot get vaccinated yet. Um, so this is just, just like understanding a lot of these, these sort of factors can sort of empower you, I think, as a local actor to say like, well, if I was going to do this, maybe, maybe we need to subsidize employment for school bus drivers. And that Again, it's sort of like, well, why would I do that? We're not subsidizing other sectors of the economy, but if not, people not getting to school is actually affecting people not getting childcare or not being able to show up to work. Like this is sort of, I think you said earlier, like cascading, multiplying effect of negative in the economy if we can't solve this one small occupational problem. So I know a lot of the focus of your work is thinking about how we think about systems. Um, can you talk a little bit as we sort of wrap up, what, what kind of tools are out there? Or what are frameworks for people to start to tackle this work? Sure. Um, well, I'm happy to, to just say that we are launching a systems change toolkit, um, which is a whole range of tools that can kind of do what I was describing a little bit on this call, which is sort of, you, we do want people, and, and you alluded to this, th thinking in big pictures, like how does employment tie to the transportation system? How does the transportation system interact with the childcare and how does that come back to employment and affect it? Like these are related, but then you need a series of tools and we have a range of them that are gonna be in this toolkit that really help people drive down to very specific webs of connection. So the school bus driver one that we talked about today is a great example wouldn't normally be in your work, but all of a sudden you're driving down to really solve a very specific problem around that shortage and trying to find these leverage points. Where can you take action where a relatively small change could actually solve a bunch of, say, employment transportation issues in employment? So that that is one. Also in the toolkit, I just wanted to, to share, we, we are going to be featuring some of our collaboratives. You know, we have over 30 around the country are addressing transportation issues in a really interesting way to find out like how do the transportation system, if we do some changes around public transportation, how do they um, help us solve, solve um, jobs or un unemployment issues? So um, the one I wanted to mention, it, we're, we're gonna actually have a video featuring it is the Fund for Our Economic Future in Northeast Ohio has a project called the Paradox Prize, which is really about 
how they can change public transportation systems and create innovation in public transportation systems to really solve job shortages around the large Northeast Ohio region. Um, those are great examples. Uh, thank you so much, Brian, for joining me today. And um, I look forward to seeing you all next month as we continue to talk about the state of our work.